All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome in to Daily Face Off Live, your go to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome into an October 27th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Tyler Uremchuk and Mike McKenna with you. Mike, four days until Halloween. Are you a big costume guy? Oh, yeah, man. I tell you what, I always have a hard time just picking out what wrestler I'm going to be. It's been the Macho Man lately, but this year might be a little bit different. I might uh, might have to chuck on the corpse paint and do something fun. So, Tyler, I'm sure you got something. You're going to do something cool. I, I bet you got something in your back pocket for Halloween. I've never been a big costume guy, but I will say my favorite dress up moment of last year is when me and you did the beach thing with Frank when he was at the board Ooh, of that governors. Was that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Maybe you I'll sneak just go attack him. <laughs> like that. Uh, there is a lot of hockey for us to talk about. So let's jump into it. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and dig into some of the action we saw last night, starting with. Ilya Sorokin putting on quite the performance. We joked yesterday that the Rangers robbed us of a chance to get Sorokin versus Shesterkin. Either way, the Islanders goalie stops 41 shots. It's a shutout win. His save percentage is now above 930 on the season. Mike, there's so much talk about, well, can he win the Vesna if the Islanders aren't going to be competitive and all that? Makes no sense to me. What do you think about Sorokin's Vesna chances right now? Well, I do think there is something to willing your team into the playoffs. You have to be on one of the top 16 clubs, the top half of the league to do so. But boy, does that seem unfair if you're the best goalie in the NHL sometimes, you know, and and that's not to say if Sorokin's best or Shashurikin's best or whoever else may emerge this year. You just have to look at the history. I mean, the last time that a goaltender that didn't make the playoffs, won the Vezina Trophy, it was 2012-13 and Sergei Bobrovsky with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that was a lockout shortened season. And Bobrovsky was second in the NHL in save percentage at a 9.32. And that team in Columbus only missed the playoffs because of a tiebreaker 
both teams, the Columbus Blue Jackets and Minnesota Wild, had 55 points. It was just that the Wild had more wins, Tyler. And I think the thought process was Bobrovsky put that team in that position to do so. And with it be a shortened season with the lockout, it was just kind of strange. So if Sorokin's going to win the Vesna with the Islanders missing playoffs, the only path I see to that is if the Islanders lose out on the absolute last day of the regular season, Tyler. I just don't think it's possible with the way things go and the voting for the for the Vezina Trophy. Like, I don't agree with the Hart Trophy thing and people saying that you need to be in the playoffs to win the Hart Trophy. I think, again, the NHL could just change up the wording of that award and simplify it. And and with the Vezina, I think I, I think I disagree. I think, you know, if Sorokin ends the year with a 930 save percentage and a 2.25 goals against average, and he's sitting there and the Islanders are eight points out of a playoff spot, it's not on him, right? Like, it, it should go to the best no, goalie, not. not the combination of, best goalie and oh yeah the team in front of him was also very good if anything couldn't it be more impressive if Sorokin puts up great numbers and the team in front of him is just junk yeah of course it is the problem is that nobody ever views it that way it's just oh this team this guy's a winner you know and you can't fight that so I've I've fought this battle for long enough now that I actually do think that the goalie can if you're on a middle pack team you can put a team in playoffs I just don't know if the Islanders are even a middle pack team. Like I think Sorokin might make a bad team into a lower middle pack team on the Island. Yeah, fair enough. It'll be interesting to track just how good Sorokin can be throughout the season. If the Islanders can't find a way to keep stringing together victories, but they looked good last night in a three, nothing win over the Rangers, switching our focus to tonight's action. The Boston Bruins are getting some help as Brad Marchand is going to be in the lineup. Head coach Jim Montgomery confirming this morning that Marchand will play tonight. But he did add Marshawn not quite ready to handle the back-to-back workloads yet. So he's not going to play tomorrow night in Columbus. But regardless, Marshawn was a key piece for the Bruins that wasn't in the lineup for the first few weeks. I thought they were going to be without him for even longer. And if you remember going back to the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, how can the Bruins survive without Marshawn and McAvoy for a few months? Well, it turns out they're surviving just fine, Mike. They're 5-1 and one mm-hmm. now as they get Brad Marshawn back in the lineup. Is this Bruins team suddenly the favorite to win that division? I still don't know if they're the favorite. I mean, Tampa's going to catch fire at some point. You have to think Florida's going to keep chugging along. But this team has surprised me. And I do think they made the right coaching hire in the offseason. Montgomery's done a great job. But the biggest thing for me is the way David Krejci and Hampus Lindholm have been able to fill up that air that was left behind by Marshawn and McAvoy being out at the start of the season. We think Krejci was probably a wild card coming into the year. I wasn't sure how that was going to work. He's been phenomenal. And he's got Pasternak going at the same level that he's always been. And, you know, Tyler, for me, if I'm choosing centermen down the middle, look at the Bruins, man. Like, you're talking about Bergeron, Krejci, Charlie Coyle, who Coyle's, Coyle's great as a third-line center. I think second line was too much to ask for him. But Tomas Nosek, who's really underrated as well, they're strong down the middle. Lind, Lindholm's been the first guy over the boards, chewing minutes. That looks like a great pickup uh, last year when the Bruins pick got him. And one other factor. Linus Olmark. He's 5-0 on the year. He's got over a 930 save percentage. Talked about a goalie needing to step up in that Bruins crease. Tyler, right now, Olmark has done so. And I just think that the feeling in Boston is good right now. It looks like they're having fun on the ice and adding Marshawn to that mix is just going to make them that much better. I was a Bruins skeptic coming into this season. Part of the reason was I was like, okay, I, yeah. is that goal? I had him as a wild card, Tyler. I thought there would be a wild card for the playoffs. And for all the reasons you laid out, I was kind of like, okay, how good is that goaltending? Okay, well, it's looked great. Can David Krejci really just jump back into the NHL and be a top six centerman again? Well, damn it, I guess he can. And how would they get through the injuries? Yeah. Well, 
I said they were five and one. They're actually six and one, and they've built up a three point cushion on every other team, at least in that division. Florida sitting in second right now with nine. So, I mean, I, I, I'm with you because I think Tampa Bay or Toronto will catch fire at some point and make it more of a race. But when you look at how this Bruins team's playing right now, I mean, it's just it, it's almost hard to say that they, they're not the favorites when you get off to a six and one start and look as good as they have doing it. It's been a wildly impressive start to the year out in Boston. I Moving agree. along. I looked at the work to see how it goes. <laughs> Another team that is in that division and off to a pretty good start as well as the Ottawa Senators at four and two, but they were dealt some tough injury news. We spent a lot of yesterday's show talking about Shane Pinto and Magnus Helberg. We had Brent Wallace on to talk about how much excitement there is about this Senators team. And then we find out Josh Norris is going to be out for a long time. Some reports that it could even be a season ender for the Senators centerman. Um, and we're going to move the conversation there. How did the Senators handle this, Mike? Is this a team who's off to a 4-2 and two start who should be looking around the league going, all right, can we find another top six center to slot in here so that we don't fall out of the race? Or is this a team that has enough depth up front to just kind of move pieces around and get through this with what they have in-house? I would say to GM Pierre Dorian, do not panic. You have a great team in front of you, even without Josh Norris. The way that this club is defending, Tyler, gives them the chance to continue to score goals. They've been really good five on five. That is a nice change for what's happened in the last several years in Ottawa. They've only allowed nine goals, five on five in six games. That gives the team a chance to rely on some of their centermen. And I think that you're going to see Shane Pinto play a bigger role for this club, and he deserves it. He scored goals in five straight games. Tim Stutzla is playing his natural position at center, and he's excelling doing so. Key ingredient to this is that you've still got Claude Giroux available to play center. Derek Broussard can take faceoffs if necessary. I think they can platoon this uh, with the talent that's in-house. And you want to see where it goes. Ottawa's still building, as even though they made great moves in the offseason, like I said, with Dorian uh, picking up Alex Debrinkit, Karim Talbot, Claude Giroux. I just feel that this is a club you don't want to mess with the mojo right now. They're on the upper trajectory. I think there's a feeling in that locker room that things are good. Maybe if you get closer to trade deadline and you feel like you need some extra juice, you go for it if you're Dorian. But Tyler, I like this team the way they are right now. I want to see them have the chance to run with it. Yeah, and I think I'm with you. I love the versatility in this forward group. You talk about just sliding over Giroux. Maybe you even make Brady Kachuk a centerman for a little. That's an experiment they've done in the past. And then there's Shane Pinto sitting on the third line. And we talked about yesterday. Like, it's only a matter of time until that guy has kind of outgrown the third line role that the Senators are using to kind of ease him into things right now. If he slides up to that second line, I don't think you're going to miss a beat, which is weird to say because Josh Norris had such an excellent season last year. Another guy that our producer, Alex, who is our, our, our local Senators fan, Ridley Grieg, first-round pick in 2020. Maybe they go to the minors and they just, hey, another young piece, let's bring him up. I mean, 35 tucks isn't easy to replace that Josh Norris had, but again, like when your team defends, you can find scoring. And that's been, to me, the most positive change for Senators this year is they're much more well-rounded than they've been in the past. Moving along to a matchup tonight that is intriguing for a handful of reasons, but it's the NHL's freshest geographical rivalry as Vancouver and Seattle will go head-to-head. I guess the only thing not making this a rivalry is that the two teams haven't been that good since the Kraken came into the league last season. But Mike, I want to take a big picture view of these two franchises and these two organizations. Vancouver had high expectations this year. They have fallen flat. Seattle is a team that's got some intriguing young pieces. But the question is, which of these teams is closer to being a contender? If you had to take over as the general manager of one of these two sides, which one would you be more confident could contend for the playoffs the soonest? 
Well, I'm not qualified for that job, but let's have some fun here. And first yeah. off, I would go on mascots and I would take, I'd take the Kraken on mascots, but on the ice, I would take the Vancouver Canucks, no matter the, the dismal start to this season, 05 and two. I think that the pieces in Vancouver, when you look at having Pedersen and having Quinn Hughes and having Thatcher Demko, these are proven commodities at the NHL level that you can build around. I, I don't think you're going to have Patrick Alvine sitting on his hands, though. Like, it's going to take some reconstruction. I just think that Vancouver, especially when you look at the 24-25 the season a year from now, there's going to be a lot of cap space there. So there's there's things that they can play with. Whereas Seattle, to me, like who do they have as a proven commodity? Maddie Beniers looks really good, but defensive side's a little scary. Who can really be a game changer within Seattle? I'm not sure. I think Vancouver's going to take surgery to be better, but those core pieces, Tyler, are what I really like. And I still think that they could turn this around and at least get back to respectability this year. I'm not sold on it, but I think it could happen. Here's the reason why I'll go with the Seattle crack. And I do love what you said about, you know, the Canucks have the, the pillar pieces are there. The top pairing offensive D-man, the number one goalie, the top line centerman in Pedersen, all of that stuff is there. But the Kraken just have this flexibility. And I love Beneers down the middle. Shane Wright will get there. He's obviously not going to be that guy this year, but I'm very high on Shane Wright. Like you could have a very formidable duo down the middle for the next decade plus in Seattle. And then there's just the flexibility. This coming offseason, Mike, they have 20 plus million dollars in open cap space. And the only guy they really have to re-sign is Vince Dunn. Maybe on the back end, they look at like Carson Soucy as well. But they have flexibility to go out and make a big splash this offseason. And I look at some of the pending UFA forwards around the league. Pasternak, Larkin, Tarasenko, Patty Kane. Who's to say that the Seattle Kraken, and that's a market I think the agents will look at pretty fondly. Who's to say the Seattle Kraken can't sit there and go make a big swing this offseason and bring in that offensive driver that could complement the young pieces they've added uh, so well. So that's my case for Seattle. It's just the flexibility they have because of the cap space. They've got a lot. It'd be nice if they could get some housing subsidies for the players. Pretty expensive out there. But if they could land a really big piece of the puzzle, I think it would change the complexity of that entire organization. It really would because they need somebody to build around. They need a big signing. If you're Ron Francis, I think you need to go spend some money and try to land a, a big ticket and get it to stay in Seattle. We heard leading into the last offseason that they were hungry to go out and get a big piece in free agency. It just didn't quite work out that way unless you count a guy like Andre Burakovsky. But I love the trade they made for Oliver Bjorkstrand as well. The building blocks are there with the Seattle Kraken. Mm -hmm. um, an interesting matchup tonight as the Vancouver Canucks will go for their first win of the season. Speaking of interesting matchups, the Arizona Coyotes are getting set to make their home debut this week. On the ASU campus, it is the story that has dominated the headlines. And to help us break it all down, we're going to bring in Luke Lipinski for another edition of the All-32. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Excited to be joined today on the All 32 by Luke Lipinski, covers the Coyotes. And Luke, uh, they're, they're in the headlines a lot right now, whether it's on social media or wherever. And it's a lot of outside noise about the arena situation and things like that. But I want to get an inside kind of perspective here. What's the fan? What's the vibe around the fan base and around the city as the Coyotes get set to move into ASU? I think there's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot, uh, a lot of interest for you know they started two and four. That's not like it's not like they're six and zero oh and everybody's like, hey, what's going on? So I think there's a, a little additional buzz around the team uh, with the game tomorrow night at Mullet Arena against Winnipeg and, and the four games coming up. Uh, it's a, I mean, look, it's a beautiful arena. It's brand new. It's obviously a college arena, so it's not a permanent solution. But for this season, I was talking to head coach Andre Turney about it yesterday. He's been telling his guys, look, we don't know what to expect. We've never we've never done this before. So just that alone makes it uh, makes it interesting for this year. You know, we've seen various outlets reporting about the visiting locker rooms. Well, they're not locker rooms. It looks like a youth tournament. There's there's curtains that have been put up. I don't even know how it's going to work, but it, it feels like that's more so from the periphery of things. So like from the players perspective, do the do the Arizona players seem to be okay with this setup? Is it really just the visiting teams that are kind of making all this noise or fans thinking about it for these next couple of weeks until that arena is completely finished? I think it's just, there's a, it's a mix of there being so much unknown that the whole thing about the, the visiting locker rooms being on that community rink they're building, my understanding is it's for these first four games if they do it. And then, mm -hmm. and then everything changes after that. Um, and they don't play another home game until December 9th. And then they mostly play home games for the second half of the season. As far as the players, I think they are, you know, it, there's a certain level of excitement because you are playing in an arena where all your fans are right on the ice. And this, this is something that's not just for the Coyotes. It's for all the teams here in Phoenix. A lot, a lot of people obviously travel here in the winter, especially. And so you get used to having other fans at Cardinals games and even Suns games. And there's a feeling that won't be as much of an issue for lack of a better word here, because you're just going to have 5,000 Coyotes fans for the most part packed right on the ice. So do you think that there's a chance this is actually good for growing the game in, in the Phoenix area? 
I again temporarily, yeah. Like I yeah. wouldn't this wouldn't be a permanent solution. But I, I think honestly the biggest thing that is getting lost in the story, and I get it outside of Phoenix, is the location of this arena is a mile from where they want to put their new arena. And that mm-hmm. is a hundred times better than where it was. It's not 40 miles west of everything. It's right, it's right on ASU's campus. It's what, like four miles east of downtown Phoenix. You could actually have, ironically, walk-up traffic. There's just not enough seats for walk-up traffic this year. But yes, in that sense, yeah. just the location and the ability to get new fans that are students on campus that might not even be from Phoenix, um, that sort of stuff is something they were missing really for the last 20 years. Joined by Luke Lipinski from 98.7 Arizona Sports to Supreme Post Game for the Arizona Coyotes. A lot of people taking their shots, making their jokes about this franchise right now. But one thing that is no joke is the play of Dylan Gunther, uh, the former Edmonton Oil King from my neck of the woods, is off to a great start. What's been impressive about Gunther's game and what are the chances this guy sticks around now for the entire season? Well, you know, it's interesting. That was one of the first questions we asked uh, Coach Turney when he made the team because the the logical thought is, okay, you're keeping him up here for nine games and then you're sending him back down. Now, as you guys know, he's done about all you can do in the WHL. Probably the AHL would make a lot more sense. It's just not an option. But he has looked really good in these these first few games. He's played five of the first six games. And Coach Turney, when, before the season, said it's, he's not just here for his scoring. It's other things he can do. And he can do those things. He's already showing it especially it's impressive because of his age. But I'll tell you what, I mean, you guys, are, you've seen the goals. You're showing the goals. They haven't had a goal scorer like this that they've drafted and developed, honestly, in all the time I can remember. And I've been I've been doing this job for 15 years with the Coyotes. If he really evolves into the player that they believe he can in terms of being a goal scorer, this is something really special that this team has needed for years. Yeah. Do you think Coach Tierney's been pretty happy with his defensive play too? Uh, for, yeah, with with, uh, with Dylan, he's been pretty happy across the board. And, and that's why it's interesting of like, is he going to get sent back down in four games because they don't want to burn a year, obviously? Um, or is it just simply this is the best thing for his development? I, I have to think with somebody as important to their future, they're just going to go with whatever's the, the best for his development. Mm-hmm. Luke, appreciate the time, man. You can catch him, Wolf and Luke, on Arizona Sports Coyotes pregame as well. You enjoy the home opener. Enjoy the rest of the season, and we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, that's been another edition of the All-32, delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Promo code bottom of the screen, game day 25. That'll get you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. It will be quite the scene out in Arizona for that home opener coming up. Uh, let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question. You can submit your questions on Twitter using the hashtag AskDFO. Today, Mike, we're going to talk about some slumping players. Our friend Nick Alberga had a tweet up the other day about some stars around the NHL who haven't found the back of the net yet this season. But you can remove Nikita Kucherov from that list because he did score last night. The question is, Mike, who's going to be the next star to snap out of their early season slump? I'm going to say Sasha Barkov. You know, I went back and looked at, at at his past years and game logs, and it's pretty rare that he goes more than two or three games in a season without having scored. He did have one, uh, I think it was 1920, went like 13 games, which is a complete outlier for him. And, you know, last year scoring 39 goals 
that was a career high, but you know, really what it comes down to for Barkov, he's still creating, he's had 20 shots on goal, but he's also missed in that 10 times. So I think as soon as he calibrates that shot, he'll be back in the score sheet, uh, in the score column real soon. I'm going to go to San Jose and Timo Meyer. This guy is ice cold to start the year, but he's just been ripping the puck, Mike. He's got 42 shots on goal through his first nine yeah. games of the season, averaging well over four shots a game. It's only a matter of time until these things start going in the net for Timo Meyer. And tonight, he's going up against Eric Schalgren between the pipes for the Leafs. So I actually think it could be a pretty high-scoring game between Toronto and San Jose tonight. So uh, I think I like Timo Meyer. He's a natural goal scorer. He'll probably still pop 40 this year. 42 shots in nine games. He hasn't found the back of the net. That's wild. Man, I, I can't even imagine that. Like, if I was playing men's league and I had... 42 and didn't get one i can't handle that uh yeah oh same here same here uh speaking of cold streaks let's get to our points bet daily bet segment for the day i'm <laughs> a little bit didn't have a good night last night but it is a busy busy slate in the nhl and i have a full part tonight so let's jump into it starting with that matchup there between the minnesota wild and the ottawa senators the wild are favorites and i like them in this spot on the money line at minus 125. They are off to a slow start as well, but they got a win against Montreal. They're starting to move in the right direction. They're bottom 10 in the NHL in five-on-five shooting percentage as well. So I think eventually just positive regression. They're going to start finding the back of the net a little bit more. So I like taking them at minus 125 on the money line. And within that matchup, I like Matt, I like Matt Zuccarello to go over two and a half shots on goal. He's hit it every game this year, except their last one. I think he'll bounce back with some shots on net over two and a half at minus 105. Moving along to the second game I'm eyeing up this evening. The Edmonton Oilers got a win last night over the St. Louis Blues. And tonight they roll into Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. They're minus 216 on the money line. I'm not touching that, but I do like the Oilers to cover the puck line for a second straight evening at plus 115. I love that we're getting plus odds on this thing. Jack Campbell's going to get the start for the Oilers. He's been solid in back-to-back games. And Connor McDavid's actually been quiet for the last few nights. So I think he could really get going and power the Oilers to a puck line victory tonight. And wrapping things up with my third bet of the day, Mike, I am telling you, tonight is the night. The Vancouver Canucks are getting into the win column. You can book it. Plus 110 on the money line. They are taking on a Seattle Kraken team that is not that good on home ice. They've won just once in their four home games so far this season. The Canucks are flat out due. There is no way an NHL team can continue to lose this much. And the fact I'm getting them at plus 110 on the money line, I am all over it. So it's Canucks on the money line, Oilers on the puck line, Matt Zuccarello shot prop, and the Minnesota Wild to win tonight. It is a full time our friends at Points Bet Canada. And now that I am out of breath from explaining all of those picks, I will let Mike take it away for garbage. Man, get you some oxygen, man. You've been absolutely flying through this one today. All right, so garbage time. I, I got to tell you, people look at me and other goaltenders with the side eye, and they say, you guys are crazy. You're nuts. Why would you ever want to get in front of a 100-mile-an-hour puck? And blah, 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 blah. Watch this clip from last night. Take a look at Ryan Lindgren of the New York Rangers absolutely eating a puck in the plums would you look i mean just clobbers them right in the pills and you're telling me that goalies are crazy defensemen forwards doesn't matter players in the nhl players block shots like crazy it's the commitment necessary to win hockey games and they do it without having the same level of equipment that we have as goaltenders this guy must just absolutely be crushed right now like i can't imagine lindgren finish this game thinking 
that he was going to be normal again. Okay. But players do this on a regular basis. So this is my point. You guys think that we're crazy as goalies? I would fight that. We got a cage in front of our face. We got more gear on. This takes a huge amount of guts. And, and I can guarantee Yara Holak went up to Lindgren afterwards and told him, hey, man, I appreciate you because that took a lot of guts. Yeah, does it ever. I mean, that's one of the wildest things in all of sports that's just kind of normalized in, in for amongst hockey fans, right? Like a guy blocks a shot and you just kind of go like, yeah, nice shot block. But like you are standing in front of a piece of rubber moving very fast with, yes, you're wearing some equipment, but like you said, nowhere close to probably what you need to not feel something like that. That is crazy stuff. Crazy. It hurts. It hurts. And it can break bones, man. <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. It's just... It's crazy what the human body and the human mind is capable of when you want to really, when you want to win, frankly, when you're that competitive, Tyler. No kidding. All right. That's going to be a wrap for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Joining us for a little Coyotes chat, as well as yourself, Mike, Brendan Bradley, and Alex Allard, who make the show look as good as it does. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition, 12 noon Eastern. Talk to you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.